Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. You know, this week I was reading an article on dating and I found this article so interesting because what they were saying is this. A girl was asking, if a guy doesn't text you back after you've been out with him, is that an answer? And apparently, silence is an answer. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes silence seems like you're not getting an answer, but sometimes silence is actually an answer. And there's something wonderfully strange about silence. When we're living in such a noisy world and we have a moment to be quiet, it's quite wonderful. You know, late at night when it's dark and quiet, that's when you tend to find peace in your soul. Have you noticed that? Quietness and silence can be very, very therapeutic and they can be wonderful but there are times when silence is extremely difficult and that is when God is silent not that he's not speaking it's like he's not doing anything and it's like where are you and we get a little bit nervous and at a time like we're going through right now I think a lot of people are feeling gee God is silent and it seems like heaven is closed maybe you feel that today what's happening why isn't anything happening why is God silent what is going on? I don't seem to be finding a partner. I don't seem to be getting the financial breakthrough. We don't seem to be able to fall pregnant. We're not getting that business deal. And uh, we're, we're not getting the healing we need. We're not getting the breakthrough with the COVID cure that we need. What's going on, Lord? Why is heaven shut? Why are you silent? Well, it's not unusual for God to be silent. And the psalmist here talks about God's silence. Not that God's not speaking, but that God is not doing anything. Let's just read you, and then I'll give you the title of the message today. Psalm 35 and verse 22, uh, David here says, Lord, you have seen this. In other words, you know what's going on around me? You've seen this. Do not be silent. Do not be far from me, Lord. Awake and rise to my defense. What he's saying is do something. He's not saying speak to me. He's saying do something. And then he says, contend for me, my God and Lord. Then Psalm 83, Asaph. The psalmist says, our oh God, don't just sit there silently doing nothing. Can you see when God is silent, it's like, do something. And I think a lot of people are feeling that. They're feeling like it's God is silent in their situation. And you know, when Jesus was brought before Pilate and before the high priest and he was tried, before he was crucified, it says in Matthew chapter 26, then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? Notice this. But Jesus remained silent. You know, there are times when Jesus is silent, when God is silent. And you know, in the silence of Jesus, God was acting. It wasn't like God was doing nothing. In fact, at Jesus' trial, God was busy fulfilling his purpose. So today I want to speak to you on what to do when God seems silent. You see, there are times when it seems like God is silent and he's not doing anything. But sometimes in the silence, God is actually busy. And we need to enjoy his peace in the silence, not get into anxiety and be frustrated and have our peace taken away. We need to know how to respond when God seems to be silent. There's a fascinating book that I was just recently reading, and it's called Unanswered, Lasting Truth for Trending Questions. Two brilliant authors, Jeremiah Johnston and Lee Strobel, who you may have heard of, and they say this about the Bible. 
They say the stories of the Bible exhibit verisimilitude. Interesting word, verisimilitude. With the reality of the world in which the stories take place. In Latin, veritas means veracity, verifiable, means genuine or true. Similitude means similar or likeness. And what they're saying is when you read stories in the Bible, they are genuinely similar to what you're going through. So in other words, when you read them, they're not just stories from the past. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, they're myths. No, they are genuinely similar for what you and I are facing right now. And when we study them, we can learn a lot and we can apply it and we can receive real help in the 21st century. So as we go into the message today, we can look at some Bible stories of when God was silent. And I've got six things I want to do today, six things I want you to take note of, things to do when God seems silent. So number one, the first thing we need to realize is this. Everyone experiences the silence of God at some time. No matter who you are, how spiritual you are, no matter how mature you are, you will experience the silence of God. And you need to remember that and realize that. Otherwise, you'll think it's unusual. And even the Lord Jesus, the, the King of kings and Lord of lords, when he was on the cross, he felt, why don't you do something, God? He wondered where God was because it seemed like God the Father was silent when he was on the cross. Maybe you feel like that today. You feel, gosh, where is God? Well, Jesus experienced that. And uh, we read the record of it in Mark chapter 15. And I want you to notice something interesting here. It, it says at three in the afternoon, don't forget that phrase, at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt like, where are you, God? Why aren't you doing something? And you know, he quoted Psalm 22. In fact, Jesus quoted from the Psalms more than any other Old Testament book. And here he's quoting Psalm 22, where he can relate to the experiences of the psalmist, because the psalmist felt like, God, where are you? Why aren't you doing something? Why are you silent? And Jesus quoted from that passage. And if we read the full Psalm uh, 22, verse 1 and 2, where, where Jesus just pulled an excerpt from, You'll see the psalmist says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? In other words, why aren't you doing something? So far from my cries of anguish, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. He's not saying you do not speak to me. He's saying you don't act on my behalf, and it seems like you're not there. And Jesus could relate to the psalmist. And so everyone at some stage faces a time when it feels like God is silent. It's not unusual. It's something we have to go through. Again, the psalmist in Psalm 28 and verse 1, to you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift my hands towards your most holy place. So the psalmist here expresses and again and again in the Psalms express the sense of God why are you silent now Jesus in crying out like this we're reading one gospel Mark's gospel and it says three in the afternoon remember that but now Luke expands on it further and he shows us what Jesus did in the silence he expresses his feelings but he, he does something significant and this is what we need to do when we feel like God is silent especially right now with what we're facing Luke chapter 23 and notice here, it says, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. So it's the exact same time, but Luke brings a different take on it. He says, I saw something different here. 
And he says, for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn into. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. You see, what Jesus did was he, he, he wondered where God was in the silence, but then he committed his spirit to him in the silence. And that's exactly what we have to do at this time. When we feel, God, where are you? Why aren't you doing something? We need to go, hang on a minute. Let me commit my spirit to him for safekeeping. And let me not get worked up and stressed. And let me not lose my peace. God knows what he's doing. Everyone goes through this at some stage. Lord, take care of me. And you know, when you commit your spirit, that's when you see resurrections. That's when you see a resurrected spirit in your life. And I want to just remind you, if God's greats, like Jesus and like some of the greats of the Old Testament, experience the silence of God, surely we need to know that this is normal and we need to know how to handle it. Let me take you for a moment as we talk about uh, verisimilitudes, the, the similarities, the genuine similarities in the Bible. Think of Abraham and Sarah, two people that were greats that God chose, but they went through periods where God was silent. In fact, they didn't just go through one period of silence, they went through two periods of silence. And if you study the book of Genesis from 12 to 18, seven chapters, you see God is silent and after 10 years, the Lord comes and he speaks. That's the first period and he says something to them again. It's like 10 years later. And then like 13, 14 years later, God comes again. So over 24 years, they have to wait. And in between, it seems like God's not there. But Abraham's spirit was committed to God. And even though he didn't hear anything or see God do anything, he just trusted the Lord and knew God's got it under control. God knows what he's doing. And it says in Genesis 15, after a long period of quiet, it says, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. He trusted God in the silence. And sometimes it's like that. You, you, you know, Abraham was promised he would get a child and he had long periods where God didn't do anything. And he, he could have cried out, God, why aren't you doing something? God is quiet. Why? Because God is busy and he's got things going on in the process and he's got a timing. And so Abraham commits his spirit and God says, it's credited to him as righteousness. Then God comes again to him. And I love Genesis 17. It says, and Abraham fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram, because that's what he was first. Abram, it means exalted father. Your name will be Abraham, father of many. Now notice he says, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. Notice God says this. He says, I have made you. In other words, I've declared you to be a father of many. Then I will make sure it comes to pass. So God's declared promises over us as Christians. He said who we are and what we can enjoy. He says, I've given you this, but now there's the time we're in the silence. We have to wait while he does it while he actually makes it. So he says, I have and I will. And we need to trust God. And I love this, this verse I want to read to you. Because, you know, Abraham, the Bible says he was a close friend of God. And even close friends have to trust God in the silence. Look at James chapter 2 and verse 23. It says, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. So everyone goes through times when there's silence and it seems like God is silent. Even the friends of God, the greats of God, the son of God, 
And when God is silent, it doesn't mean he's not working. You need to remember that. And I think that will comfort you at a time like this. Number two, the second thing we need to do is don't let the silence ruin the friendship. You see, while God was silent, Abraham kept trusting because God had said something. And Abraham didn't say, where are you? Why aren't you speaking? What kind of friend are you? He said, you know what? God said this. God's a friend of mine. God's drawn near to me and God will make this happen. So he just quietly trusted and he didn't let the silence destroy the friendship. Make sure your friendship with God isn't destroyed during this time where you feel, God, where are you? Have you left us? Have you left me? Why aren't you working? How could you let this happen to me? It doesn't mean when God is silent, he's not working and he doesn't care. Don't let it ruin your friendship and your fellowship with God during this time. Keep trusting. Keep trusting. Say, Lord, it's dead quiet, but I know you are not absent. And the Bible says that uh, during that time of silence, God was preparing, and then suddenly he'd come again and he'd speak to Abraham, and he'd tell Abraham that things were happening. And when Abraham was 99, the Lord came again. 24 years of silence, and God now ushers in the promise. And I want to read Genesis 18. It says, uh, that three angels came to him after a long time of silence. And, you know, Abraham could have said, so now you come. But Abraham trusted God and stayed a friend of God. And it says in Genesis 18, uh, one of the angels said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. You see, we've got to be careful that we don't doubt God's character and laugh at things because it's taken time before he's brought it about. When God says something, and it doesn't seem like he's working, and it seems like he's silent, we need to hold on to the last thing he's told us, because when God speaks, he can be counted on, and we need to say, he's my friend, I'm not going to let this affect me, I'm going to trust God, he's given me his promises, and at the moment nothing seems to be happening, but I'm going to rely on him in the silence, and I'm going to enjoy peace, I'm not going to allow anxiety to rule my life. So don't let the silence ruin the friendship. Number three, the third thing we need to do when it seems that God is silent is don't let God's silence make his promises seem impossible. Don't let God's silence make his promises seem impossible. That's why he had to say after a long period of silence, is anything too hard for the Lord? Because that's a tendency. When, when there's silence, you think, oh, this is never going to happen. We're never going to find a cure for COVID. This is, I'm never going to get the business break. I'm never going to get married. We'll never fall pregnant. Uh, you know, the things I'm believing for that I see in the Bible, maybe they're not for me. And so things can start to become impossible in our minds because of the silence. But God is often working in the silence and we definitely need to hold on to him and hold on and trust him for the impossible. What are you facing today? What are you waiting for? Trust God. Silence doesn't mean that he's absent. And we really, really need to hold on to what God has told us in his word. You know, when God spoke to Noah and he told Noah to build an ark, he gave him plans. And then God didn't speak to him for many years until it was time for Noah to go into the ark. 
The Bible says in chapter 6 of Genesis and verse 22 that Noah did everything that the Lord had told him. So it took some, they say, between 6 and 40 years uh, to build the ark. Uh, some books in the, the uh, outside of Scripture, the book of Jasher, which is actually quoted in Joshua and quoted in the book of 1 Kings, mentions that Noah was at the age, I think it was, he was at 596 years old. And then when he was 600, the flood came. So in those five years, God wasn't around. God didn't give instructions. God wasn't doing anything. He wasn't judging anyone. He wasn't, he was just waiting because the last thing he told Noah to do, build the ark. So maybe the last thing God's told you in his word, hold on to it. The promises about healing and prosperity and blessing and increase in your future and that he will meet your needs. Hold on to those. Is that the last thing he said? Hold on to it. Don't allow it. Don't start thinking impossible. Hold on to that. And then God again will speak to you and he will begin to move in your life and act in your life when he is ready. Think of Joseph in the Bible. You know, these are people that face times of silence. Joseph is put in prison and he's in prison for, for a long, long time. 11 years he's in prison. And then suddenly the baker and the butler of Pharaoh have dreams. And Joseph kind of comes and, you know, interprets those dreams and he springs to life. And now he thinks, oh, great, now's my opportunity. You know, maybe I'm going to get out because this guy's in high places. And, uh, you know, the, the butler is, uh, is restored and the baker is killed. And, and then he, he's thinking, but, but another whole two years have to go by when nothing happens. He doesn't get any word. And, uh, you know, if you, if you remember Scripture, between Malachi and Matthew, there's 400 years of silence. In fact, a book's been written by uh, Harry Ironside on those 400 silent years. God did nothing. There are times when God says, I've spoken, I've prophesied, I've spoken into the future. Now nothing's happening and you need to be patient. And Joseph had to go through that. He could think his release and his, his promotion and his dreams would be impossible. But eventually, at the right time, God came and brought it about. The fourth thing we need to do when it seems like God is silent is don't allow God's silence to silence your faith. Because what silence can sometimes do is it can threaten to silence our faith. Our faith becomes so quiet that it's barely breathing. It's barely murmuring. We, we barely vocalize it. Our praise dies. And we've got to be careful that we don't allow that to happen because sometimes in the silence, God is transforming us and he's developing us and he's growing us. That's what he was doing with Joseph. In the silence of prison, Joseph had no praise and worship. He didn't have a worship team. He didn't have books to write. He couldn't listen to CDs or, or online uh, uh, services. There was nothing. He had to just trust in that dead silence that God still had his number and God was working. When he would pray, he wouldn't hear the heavens shake. He wouldn't hear words. All he'd hear would be silence. deathly silence and at times like that we mustn't let our faith become quieted you know in Genesis 40 when he prophesied over the uh, cupbearer who was restored and the baker who lost his head it says in Genesis 40 that Joseph said this to them and I want you to notice he says when all goes well with you remember me in other words hey don't forget about me and show me kindness mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison he was really really making a point hey you spent time in prison with me don't forget me I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I've done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon and then it says the chief cupbearer however did not remember Joseph 
he forgot him. And you know, it must have been so difficult for him. He must have thought, God, what are you doing? Why are you allowing this? But he kept his faith up and he trusted God. And often in the Bible, God would speak to someone and he wouldn't say anything or, sh or do anything for quite a period of time. He did it with Abram, Sarah. He did it with Joseph. He also did it with Elijah. You know, he told Elijah to go and speak to Ahab and to tell Ahab it wouldn't rain. God was acting and doing something politically. And so he went and told Ahab, there's going to be no rain. Then after three years, the Bible sometimes in some places three and a half years, notice this, 1 Kings 18, it says, after a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So suddenly now after three years, now there's action again. In those three years, Elijah could have let his faith fall apart. He could have thought, well, God said something, but man, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was, uh, you know, maybe it was indigestion. No, he just waited and he didn't lose his faith. He trusted God in the silent time. Then he rose up again and he prophesied. And we need to be people like that. When, when it seems like nothing's happening, we need to hold on. You know, I was reading recently that there was a prisoner in one of the concentration camps in Cologne and uh, he scribbled on the wall uh, with chalk an interesting saying that's become very famous. And I'll read it to you because I do believe this is what we need to do. And um, this was written during World War II. And uh, I love this. The person wrote, I believe in the sun even when it is not shining. I believe in love even when there's no one there. And I believe in God even when he is silent. You know, sometimes we can't live from miracle to miracle. We have to live from silence to silence. Number six, the sixth thing we need to do, and I hope you're being helped today right there in your home or wherever you're watching. The sixth thing we have to do when it seems God is silent is God sometimes allows silence to test our hearts. You know, God doesn't act. He doesn't move because he wants to see our response. Will we lose faith? Will we give up? Will we panic? Will we get into anxiety? Will we abandon the promises of God? What will we do? And sometimes we, we, we live in such a driven society, feeling driven, action driven, that sometimes when it seems like God is silent and nothing's happening, we can almost think something's gone wrong. But there was a time when one of the kings in the Bible, again, we can see this, this similarity, this genuine similarity. Uh, God says, you know what? I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to see what you're going to do. And the story of Hezekiah is, I begin to come to a close. 2 Chronicles 32 it says in verse 30, and Hezekiah prospered in all his works. God really blessed him and God acted on his behalf and in his works, God worked and there was just great progress. And then it says, and so in the matter of the envoys of the princes of Babylon, who had been sent to him to inquire about the sign that it had been done in the land, God left him to himself in order to test him and to know all that was in his heart. You know what God was doing? He was saying, you know what? I'm not going to do anything. You're not going to see me acting. There's going to be a silence here, and I'm going to see if your prosperity and all my promises and everything I've done for you, you've served me for a long time. I want to see how you're going to respond and how you're going to act. And sometimes in the silence, the silence that we're facing right now, God, why don't you bring a cure? Why can't we go back to work? Why can't this thing just be gone? Why can't you move mightily? God's saying, I'm testing your heart to see if you're going to hold on See if you're going to behave correctly and if you're going to trust me fully in this season with your business, with your family, with your need to have a child, need to find a partner, with all the needs in your life, 
are you going to trust me? You know, at the moment, the economy is silent. It's as though we've put a mask on the economy and the economy is shut down, but we've got to trust God and God is testing our hearts, especially in the area of money and of business right now. C.S. Lewis said this, and I'll be done in a couple of moments. C.S. Lewis said, I know now, Lord, why you utter no answer. You are yourself the answer. So in the silence, God becomes the one who we go to, the one we depend on, and the one we lean on. And as I wrap up today, Psalm 62, verse 1, kind of reiterates this. And it says here, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. In other words, I'm not stressed. I'm just, it's God alone that I'm depending on. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. I trust that you'll not be shaken when it seems like God is silent, when he's not doing anything. Because when it seems like God's not doing anything, in fact, he is doing something. I'm going to close with this story and then we're going to take a moment to pray. You know, I was reading a wonderful book and if you get a chance to read it by Charles Stanley, it's called How to Handle Adversity. And in the book, he deals with difficult circumstances and when things come against you. And in the book, he tells the story of the oil boom that took place in the early, early part of the 20th century in Texas. The oil companies were drilling on people's private land and oil was coming out and people were becoming rich overnight. And he tells the story of a pastor who went to visit a family. And he said the family were very downcast, very discouraged. Their neighbors on the one side of them, the oil company had come and drilled and oil came gushing out the ground and they moved away into a fantastic house. They were rich beyond their wildest dreams. Their kids went to good schools and so on and so forth. And then the people on the other side of them, their land was drilled on and man, the oil came gushing out and they moved away and bought a fantastic house and a holiday house and man, and then when the oil company drilled on their land, they found not a single drop of oil. And they said this to the pastor. He relates the story. He says, we felt like God had passed us by. And it was almost like God was silent. And then he says, you know, many years later, this pastor bumped into this family again. And he said, this time he saw them and they were full of joy and they were happy. And he thought, ah, they must have found oil eventually on their land. And so he said to them, oh, did they finally strike oil? And they said, no, they never, ever found oil on our land. But this is what they said to him. And I want you to listen to this. They said, the strangest thing happened. All our neighbors moved to the city and bought big, expensive houses and new cars. They sent their kids to the finest schools. Most of them joined country clubs. But before too long, that lifestyle began to take its toll. One by one, their marriages started breaking up. Their kids rebelled. We don't know that any are still even attending church on a regular basis. Then they said this, Pastor, God did us a big favor by not putting any oil on our land. We are still together and love each other like never before. We thank him every day for giving us what is important and protecting us from the things that weren't. Can you see when God is silent, he's still working? And at the moment, if God is silent and you haven't heard from him, hold on to his promises and trust that in the end, the real value will come through in your life. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.